Welcome to the Broken to Unbroken podcast with Dr. Nick Askey, where we dive deep into how to eliminate pain and continue to train. episode 19 of the Broken to Unbroken podcast. I hope you guys had a great holiday season. It's time to to buckle up, get disciplined for 2019. So I want to talk about New Year's resolutions. I was looking at a stat uh, this morning uh, because I wanted to do this podcast before January 1. And I was looking and wondering why all of these New Year's resolutions fail. And I looked at Business Insider and they said that 80% of people fail on their New Year's resolution before February. So people are making it less than 30 days into the year and they're all pumped and then they fizzle out very quickly. So we're going to talk about my proposed top five reasons why they don't work. This isn't published anywhere. This is just me kind of writing down thoughts in my head and I want to write or tell you guys the most common resolutions that I see out there. I see people want to exercise more. They want to lose weight. They want to get organized. They want to learn a new skill or a hobby. Um, Something as vague as I want to live life to the fullest. They want to be better with money. They want to quit smoking They want to spend more time with friends and family. They want to travel more. They want to read more. So some common characteristics of these, and we're going to talk about the top five reasons why they don't work. Uh, The very common thread between all of those is they're ill-defined. So there's no definition like, hey, I want to lose 15 pounds this year. Or I want to lose this many inches off my measurements because I'm not a big fan of scale weight loss. But you have to quantify this. You can't just go in and go, yeah, I want to be a better person. I want to live life to the fullest because you're setting yourself up for failure because there's no objective way to measure that. Uh, So you have to have something to where you're like, okay, I can have this quantifiable statistic to look at uh, instead of going, oh, I want to meditate more have a visual indicator, get one of those office max calendars and every day that you meditate, put an X through that day. So if you see a bunch of blank X's, then you know you're falling off the wagon and you need to get back to work. And at the end of the month, you can go, Hey, I did this many uh, meditation days or breathing days or prayer days or reading days. And you can go, okay, I'm well off the pace. I really need to hit it this next month. So if you break it into weeks or months rather than just the whole year, then you will succeed because it's just smaller things to digest. Our, our brain is not wired to kind of figure out what we can accomplish in a year. Um, I forget where I heard the quote, but it says that we can, we tend to over accomplish what we can attempt in a year, but we under uh, underestimate what we can do in a day. So we over, um, we, we, think, oh, we can't get that done in a day and you really can. And you think, oh, I can easily get that done in a year and you can't. So we got to define it in smaller packets so that we can define it and then stay disciplined and stay on track. Uh, Second characteristic is people are totally unrealistic. Um, They go from, I haven't worked out in 10 years to where I'm going to go to the gym every day or I'm going to lose 20 pounds a month. 
Uh, those aren't realistic goals. The body needs time to rest and recover. Like I've been training pretty much. I haven't missed a week at the gym since I was probably 12 years old. And it is unrealistic for me to go to the gym every day. That's not saying, oh, I'm Superman, but I realize that I do need a Thursday, Sunday recovery day or stuff is just going to start to break. And if you're overweight, you're deconditioned, your tissues aren't very healthy, the, the realistic expectation is, okay, let's try uh, a Monday, Friday, light Saturday or light Sunday at the gym. Or let's try Monday, Wednesday, Saturday, have some recovery days in between and not push the, the body to the brink of breaking every time. Because that biggest loser approach is not healthy uh, for people. And if you look at the people that used to be on that show, uh, most of them gained all the way back and then some because they didn't have Bob Harper screaming in their ear. Uh, and they didn't have people starving them and exercising them six hours a day. That's just not, not feasible. Um, so another reason is no accountability. So people think that they're going to go at this themselves. They're not going to tell anybody. Uh, but having a, a health coach or a group of friends to hold each other accountable, uh, look at Joe Rogan. He does Sober October and he gets a group of his buddies and comedians together and they make it a competition. The, those guys crush it compared to if he just hid the fact and did it on his own. Uh, they wouldn't have as much fun doing it and they also wouldn't be as successful. So get a group of your friends on board. Do the same thing. Get your family on board and that'll bridge into this next topic. Uh, get a health coach, get a trainer, uh, just have somebody in your corner to, to hold you accountable. And when you're trying to make excuses, they'll get you out of your own head. Uh, the next one is a lack of family or friend support. There are so many people that their barrier to changing their diet or exercising is their kids or their spouse. And I've heard plenty of uh, excuses going, well, my kids will only eat hot dogs and macaroni and cheese. So that's what I have to eat. I'm like, all right, you're going to let your kid call the shots now. Like my dad said, when I was little, like you're, you're not going to be picky or you're going to get skinny. Like if kids get hungry enough, if you put it in front of them, if you put some, some healthy food, like uh, let's put a grass fed steak and a salad in front of them, I guarantee by day two, they're going to be eating it. It's just, we, we have to be responsible for our family's health and kind of if you're making the 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 conscious choice to change your activities and your diet for the healthier let's let's drag our our family and friends on board and try and make them healthier as well you may get a little resistance uh but as soon as you may just lead the way for a month and as soon as they start seeing that you're you're happier, you're healthier, you're getting better sleep, your skin looks better, you're losing weight. Uh, they're they're going to jump on board with you. But if they're really stubborn and they're not jumping on board and they're buying these tempting foods uh, and they're bringing home fast food, uh, that's setting you up for failure. And it's just going to cause some conflict in the household that is just going to be frustrating. So try and plan with your friends and family ahead of time so that you don't get peer pressured to stray the course. <clears throat> so the, the last obstacle I see is people view their birthdays and holidays and kids' birthdays and vacations 
as a chance to just totally go off the rails and not get back to their plan and they never get refocused after a birthday or a holiday. Thankfully, the the bulk of our holidays are at the end of the year. But if you have a February birthday or you always do a Valentine's Day thing or you always go on vacation skiing in the spring, you have to go, okay, like I'm going to be traveling. Um, I need to plan ahead and have access to healthy snacks for the airport. I need to pick out some restaurants that have some options of things that I can eat. I need to come up with a way to exercise on the road like a TRX or grab some running shoes and do some research on if you're between this hotel or that hotel, let's look at the one that has a good gym so you can stay on your plan. If you don't plan ahead, you will fail. And it's a lot harder to get back on track after you've fallen off because people beat themselves up with their first slip up. And what I tell people, if they were, they had a bad weekend where they're like, Oh man, I ate Whataburger seven times. And I'm like, you're only one meal away from being back on track. Like, Go, go eat some good food, drink some water, uh, or do a day of fasting, get yourself back on track, get some good sleep, clean out your system, and you are only one meal away from getting back on track. So if you view it as like, oh man, I failed, like this is done, it, it, your brain's just going to be way too permissive to let you fall off the, off the pace, and then you're just going to be one of those 80% that fall off by February. So... I take a little different approach to New Year's resolution. Yes, I still do set yearly goals, and I carry uh, two of the field notes books around in my my pocket, and those are with me every day. Uh, one of them has my goals for the year, so the, the research shows that if you have your goals with you, whether you post them on Post-it notes on your, your bathroom mirror for you to see every day at the start of the day, or you have them in your pocket, you're more likely to review those goals. You're more likely for them to be at the top of your mind. You're more likely to succeed. So I'll set goals on like, I always have a, a book uh, goal. Like this year I hit 58 books. Uh, last year I hit a little bit more, but I logged much more time recording podcasts, writing blogs. So that was just taking away from time that I would have been reading uh, but still more than a book a week, that's that's not a bad goal. But don't, again, like we talked about realistic, don't go, okay, I read two books last year, ASCII read 58, so uh, it's my goal to read 60 next year. You're not going to go from reading two books a year to 60 unless you're an outlier. Just start with like, okay, let's shoot for one a month. And then next year you can go, okay, let's let's shoot for 25 this year and ramp up. So I, I set goals like that. I also set, all right, I want to read this many book chapters or this many research articles. I, I want to meditate or do breathing exercises this many days. Uh, and that's how I quantify things is you have to quantify it or you will fail. Um, and then we have done this, my wife and I have done this for probably about four years we do 30 day experiments to where instead of it being a year long resolution, we do it in 30 day packets. So there's a dozen different things. So we either pick something to pull out 
or we pick something to add for 30 days. And you may say, why 30 days? Other than the obvious thing that it's just a month, uh, because it takes three weeks to form a habit. So if you do something daily for three weeks, it is a lot easier to continue doing that activity. It also takes two weeks for the gut lining to heal, about two weeks to, to three weeks for the gut lining to heal. So if you only do something for a week and a half, you could mistake that it wasn't helping you because you didn't give your, your body enough time to heal. Or let's say you're like, oh, I only ate gluten four times this month. You're, you just picked the scab four times. You didn't let your gut heal. But if you go cold turkey for 30 days, you're going you're gonna to be able to check back on the old Rob Wolf indicator, like how do you look, feel, and perform and go, okay, was this a worthwhile uh, thing to take out or add? And so these 30-day experiments, it's, it, it's a lot of fun actually because you can go, uh, for instance, one, one year we gave up coffee for 30 days and I was going to see if it affected my blood pressure. So I took my blood pressure for like a week before the, the coffee-less month. And then I took my blood pressure every day during the coffee-less month. And the only change I noticed is I was pissed because I couldn't have my coffee. Uh, didn't change my blood pressure at all. That was my only goal for cutting out caffeine. I didn't change. I didn't see a difference in my quality or quantity of sleep uh, because I don't drink a whole lot of caffeine after noon. So I realized like, hey, there was a lot of downside because I was pissed because I couldn't have my coffee. I enjoy it. I'm not like an addict, but I do enjoy the taste of coffee. Um, and it helps me kind of wake up and be sharper uh, in the morning. But there was really no upside. Like if my blood pressure went down to where I've wanted it to be and I slept a ton better, then it would have been a harder decision going, all right, maybe it is worth cutting out coffee and just going with something uh, less caffeinated. But that's why we did the experiment. And that was a victory because it's like, all right, cutting that out for 30 days didn't do me any good. Uh, and I, I ate completely vegetarian for a month and I'm not bashing vegetarianism. It's just not for me. Uh, cause I felt terrible. Uh, I did not feel good. I was bloated. I was gassy. I just, I, I felt weak all the time. Um, uh, and it just wasn't for me. And that's not to say that it isn't for somebody else because they have different genetics than me. Uh, they metabolize different foods differently. They have a different gut microbiome than I do. Uh, but that's why it's important to do these 30-day experiments because you get an idea of that N, N equals one, what works for you. Uh, we've cut out gluten for a full month. We've cut out dairy for full months. That's how we found out my wife is uh, lactose intolerant because if you eat something on a daily basis, you will kind of... Uh, get your body used to it. And even if it is the thing that is harming you, you won't have those deleterious effects, but she cut it out for a month. And now uh, we've exposed that as the kind of the, the bad player in some gut issues, because when she eats it now, she gets really sick. Uh, it may sound counterintuitive because it's like, man, why don't I just keep eating it? Cause then it won't make me sick and I can have stuff that, uh, that I like to eat. 
But if that thing is kicking up your systemic level of inflammation and making you more susceptible to gut permeability and wreaking havoc with your gut microbiome, that's not necessarily a good strategy or a good trade-off. Uh, you can also cut out fast food for a month. Uh, there's a Dan John quote that I, I really kind of chuckled at first and then uh, think about when I I go, okay, let's go into Culver's or go to go into Five Guys or something. Uh, Dan John's like, okay, you're an adult. Like you don't need a happy meal. You don't need a toy with your food. You can cook. You can prepare food. You can plan. Like don't eat fast food. You're not a child. Eat like an adult. And that just kind of cracked me up. Uh, so a lot of people that's low hanging fruit because they do eat too much fast food and just cutting out fast food for a month. You can go, okay, let's step on the scale at the beginning of the month and then let's just cut out fast food for a month. And then you, if you lose eight pounds, just go, okay, maybe I don't have to do this radical life transformation. I just don't eat fast food anymore or only allow myself to eat it once a month. Uh, you can try drinking, cutting out drinking alcohol, uh, and you'll notice, just like Joe Rogan said in his Sober October uh, experiment, like you get a lot better sleep, uh, you get a lot more done, uh, but it, it also like it, it exposes you to like, okay, when I take my full months off, I I get a lot better sleep. I don't need as much sleep. Uh, and I lose weight like crazy because if you have one drink at night, it cuts down your fat oxidation by 70%. So instead of burning fat in your sleep, you are not. Uh, and then you can cut out sugar. Uh, anything with added sugar, you can cut that out. Uh, and you can cut out like, okay, I'm not going to hit the snooze button this month. And it's that's a very powerful habit to break. And if you do that for 30 days, you may not hit the snooze button again. Uh, you can put a little rubber band around your wrist and every time you gossip or complain, you snap yourself to where you try and break that habit of gossiping or complaining. Uh, and it's just as effective to add things. So you can go, okay, every day this month, I'm going to get between seven and eight hours of sleep, or I'm going to get at least two cups of leafy greens, or I'm going to get at least two servings of healthy fats. Uh, I'm going to try this certain supplement that I want to see how it affects my body uh, for 30 days. And if you don't notice an effect, you don't need to spend money on that supplement. Uh, you can try 30 days of not missing a day of meditation, breathing, prayer, reading, exercising and exercising. You don't want to go, OK, I'm going to exercise every single day. But it may be on your rest days, you just go for a, a walk with the dog or you do something that is purely aerobic or low intensity or kind of like an active rest day to where you do like 30 minutes of foam rolling or stretching or yoga. Uh, you don't want to redline it every day because of what we talked about earlier in this podcast. But I, I want to, I just wanted to take 20 minutes to give you guys some of my opinions on new year's resolutions, because if we break these up into 30 day chunks, uh, it, it tends to be a lot more successful on, on my end. And I haven't heard of many other people doing it at that approach, but I just wanted to expose you guys to that. And, and please do share your feedback on, on Instagram and on Facebook on what your ideas are. And we can kind of create some accountability groups and keep people going on this. So 
uh, map out your dozen things. And if you have one that you feel is, is very beneficial early in the year, let's say you do something in February and it was really hard, but you got a crazy huge benefit, you can make that into a quarterly thing for the year and adjust your dozen uh, to amplify that effect and cement that habit further. Um, so I just wanted to take this time and, and give you some, give you guys some uh, tangible things that you can work on for the new year. Uh, have a, a safe and happy New Year's Eve. Make sure you stay off the roads or you have a, a good driver that is uh, nice and sober. Uh, find a pregnant friend or something, but make sure you stay safe uh, out there because there's a bunch of bunch of people that shouldn't be driving out there on the roads uh, tomorrow night. So uh, be safe, uh, make your goals list, make your uh, monthly resolutions instead of annual resolutions, but still set yearly goals. And we will follow up with you guys in 2019.